What does it mean to be truly wealthy? Would $100,000 a year do it for you? A million? More? Or maybe it's not simply a matter of money. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Welcome to Signs of the Times Radio. I'm your host, yes, Kent Kingston, and with me on the phone from beautiful tropical Mackay or Mackay, I'm not sure, we'll have to ask him, Marche Kubarek. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm pretty good, Kent. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Any thoughts on Mackay versus Mackay? Oh, look, I've always gone with Mackay, but I've met those people that sort of lean to Mackay, and I have to be honest, it's confused uh, me sometimes as well. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So you're, you're there uh, living in Mackay slash Mackay uh, with your wife and, and your sausage dog, Hugo, I, I understand. <laughs> uh, what, That's what, what are you doing there? Okay, so I'm pastoring uh, two churches here. I'm basically sort of like an associate pastor in this region and uh, yeah, working in the Northern Australian Conference for the last two and a half years, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, for, for, yeah. for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. For the Seventh-day Adventist Church, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, great. Excellent. And I understand that you're a keen Signs Radio podcast listener. Is, is that right? I am actually. I'm a big fan of you guys. I, I tune in often when I'm on the road and, you know, listening to yeah, you know, your episodes. The last one on veganism was pretty good. So, yeah, I, I love it. I enjoy it. Oh, excellent. So, so tell me, what, like, which platform are you listening on? Well, that's it's interesting you ask that because I was actually listening in on uh, CastBox to begin with. Mm-hmm. But I like to sort of play around with my apps a little bit. And uh, I've actually recently switched back to, to Spotify now. Okay. But I'll be honest, like I, I catch you guys on pretty much any platform that I look up there. You know, you guys are always there. So that's that's really cool. Oh, that's good. It's interesting you mentioned Spotify because that, that's actually my preferred platform for podcasts as well. So, yeah, for, for our listeners out there, I guess particularly if you're listening on, on Faith FM and you think, hey, yeah. you know, this is great. You know, love, love this show. I didn't catch the beginning of it or I'm thinking, wow, I'd like to hear some earlier episodes. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. absolutely listen via just about any podcast platform. Platform. And we also, you know, welcome people to jump onto our website, signsofthetimes.org.au, and there's yeah. a podcast link there, all the episodes there, uh, as well as the articles, as well as links to our social media presence, you know, yada, 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 it's all there. Yeah. That, that's, that's sort of the, the hub for us, um, you know, signsofthetimes.org.au. But look, I, I'm just, you know, really excited that we're, we're talking not just to a, a one of our signs authors uh, for the month of October, but also a, a listener of the podcast. So it's, it's cool. Cool. I, yeah. I'm not sure we've we've really done that before. Oh well, it's 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 fantastic. I really enjoy it. <laughs> no, that's tops. Now, Mache, you wrote an article for us in in the October magazine, as I mentioned, entitled "The Gift mm-hmm. or the Present," and you you kicked off talking about how you have joined the uh, this viral sensation of uh, of reading uh, this book that came out uh, several years ago now, but it's still very popular, "The Barefoot Investor" by Scott Pape. So. So, yeah, t- tell me how that happened. 
Yeah, I actually didn't know sort of at the time when I was introduced to the book that it was that it was viral, but because I I sort of only thought that it was you know one of those financial books you know that that's full of graphs and boring numbers and it's it's got nothing to do with me, but. I was introduced uh, to it at uh, some of our pastors' meetings. Um, mm. As a pastor, I'm sort of involved in meetings annually with other pastors in uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Northern Australia. One of our staff on our administration team here in the co- in the conference here in Northern Australia introduced this book to us. Mm. And, yeah, at the time I sort of completely – wrote it off I thought uh, why, why go through another finance book but yeah they were really they were really plugging it as something exciting and eventually uh, sitting down with with one of my employers they said look I'll, I'll give you a personal copy of this book you know free of charge mm-hmm. and I thought well I've got nothing to lose I guess <laughs> yeah look I'm, I'm totally with you there I'm really not the guy who picks up you know personal yeah. development books and you know manage <laughs> manage your finances and you know and your wealth you know grow your wealth yada 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 it's yeah. like, oh, you, you know kill me now but I, I similarly you know I actually got it from my public library free <laughs> so would, wouldn't fork out for it. But yeah, it seems like he's really down to earth, Scott Pape, and has a lot of really practical sort of things about how to manage your personal finances. And so it, it, I guess it is different to perhaps some of the perceptions that you might expect from, from a finance book. What, what did you sort of get out of it um, in particular? Well, I think the the most that I got out of it was was really the opening chapters because when I opened the book up, I thought that it was going to be like I said before, uh, graphs, numbers, all of these different things. You know how to successfully manage your your financial future and all the stats to do with that. But it was nothing like that. He actually starts the book off by talking about the, the principles of how we use our money. Mm. And he, he starts off by sort of sharing how most people in Australia, when they, when they purchase something, anything, you know, how it is with us in our lives, we, we sort of really revolve around our stuff, you know. We, we bring something home, he, he says in the book, and then we put it on the kitchen table and, and we admire it, you know, we're excited about it. Yeah. But then in, in the course of time, we eventually take that item and, and put it in some closet or drawer or cupboard to sort of hide it, you know, the, yep. that we're not proud that we purchased that. And eventually it makes its way into the garage and it never <laughs> makes it out of there, you know. And well, un- 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 unless it's to the op shop or to the, the hard rubbish collection, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. that happens a few times right. every year. Yeah. And, you know, in six years you were saying that most of the stuff we buy, just it's, it's in the, yeah, it's in the dump. So, really sort of reframes your perspective on how we prioritize things, you know? And that was, I think the, in in answer to your question, that was the first thing that sort of really got me, you know, he's, he's speaking to to personal experience in the book. So, yeah. Sounds like it's it's sort of real. So, I mean, you, you, by the sound of your voice, and I know I've, I met you up in Townsville earlier this year and, you know, g'day to anyone who's listening from Townsville. You're a a younger guy. I guess you'd put yourself in the millennial category. Yeah. When it comes to money management and millennials in Australia today, like what, is there a, a sort of overarching generational attitude towards money and money management and budgeting and finance, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'll definitely class myself as a a millennial. And, uh, you know, for for me personally, like, you know, the first couple of years, 
in the job, you know, you, you're making money. You're not making heaps. Not that that's the point anyway. But mm. you sort of, you sort of don't really, I guess, value the the principles as much of, of saving or the or the need to save. You, you're mm-hmm. thinking more in terms of splurging and yeah. and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 and there are so many like easy loans out there and credit cards and suddenly when you're earning a, like a regular wage, it's like, woohoo, it's, it's very easy to sort of boost your lifestyle to the, to the level that you're earning or usually just a little bit above. Yeah. <laughs> so you always yeah. feel like you're, you're just barely keeping your head above water, eh? Well, that's right. Yeah, you, you you see the zeros in the account, and you get excited at first. But but yeah, you are humbled at the same time because you realise you could always make more. You know, yeah. that, you know that type of mentality that that you have that it's never it's never enough. I guess. So as you've, you know, I guess been working for a couple of years now, um, you're married, you've got a dog, you know, <laughs> this is, you know, this is sort of stable kind of family life, not living with, you know, with, with mum anymore and, uh-huh. you know, and, and re- relying on, you know, on parents for, for your income and, and for your living. What some, are some of the basic lessons that you've begun to, to learn in, in those, those early years? Not to be a superhero with your finances, you know, not to think that, that you're invincible just because you have money. I think this is one of the things that Scott Pate brings out in his book. Some of us, we think to ourselves, oh, you know, I wish that I had more, you know, like I just mentioned. And then he sort of asks the question, it's fair enough that one might think that you need more money, but then you've got to ask yourself, how much is enough? Mm-hmm. And I've heard some people say it's, you know, it's never enough. Well, that's um, right, yeah. Yeah, so it's so you get to that stage where you realize uh, you are earning a certain amount, mm-hmm. and so it's not about having more, but making the most of what you do have. Mm-hmm. And Scott, in his book, through principles on how to live to the utmost financially on what you do actually have, mm-hmm. and since implementing his principles in my personal finances, I just find things now that they're way more sort of organized, you know? Mm. Yeah, if, if, my- even if you don't take on the techniques that he recommends or it at least forces you to sort of think about it, doesn't it? You know, how you plan, the way you ma- manage your money, what is your attitude, you know, towards finances, what are your values, you know, what's most important in your life? It, it does kind of force you to confront those questions, doesn't it? It, it, it does, and I love the, that thing that you mentioned uh, right there, Kent, that even if you don't necessarily take his principles on, because I haven't fully taken on absolutely everything uh, that, that he's mentioned in, in, the, in the book. I've changed thing, things around and, and done it uh, to sort of fit my context, my financial context. Yeah. And, but the overarching principle that, that I sort of take from his book that's that's what's really helped me to to have better control of my money know where i'm spending what what money's going where and at the end of the day it just means you have greater peace of mind yeah yeah no fair enough now, what, what i find interesting about this much eh, is that you know you, you being a, a pastor in in particular that sometimes i guess we think well you know there's the everyday sort of life that we live that involves you know going to the shops and paying off your personal loan and you know and and that sort of stuff and then then you go to church on the weekend and it's all sort of, you know, holy, 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 and you, you forget about all that, you know, all, all that 
everyday stuff that you worry about during the week, you sort of enter a spiritual space that's a separate place to, um, yeah. you know, to, to the, your everyday money management issues. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you, you coming from a, an Adventist background, you know, would understand that, you know, Adventists in particular, you know, don't do business on Sabbath, don't even often like handling money on Sabbath unless it's to, you know, sort of put it in a, you know, to donate it in, in a collection, you know, when they pass the hat around. But you you say in your article that you believe that the Bible actually has things to say about how we manage our money, and I think you you use a I guess what's it's actually becoming more of a popular term. I'm hearing it around all sorts mm-hmm. of places, and that's stewardship. So can you explain to us where you see the links between you know faith and the Bible and our everyday decisions that we make about our you know our money and our, and our resources and, and how we spend them? Yeah, it's, that link sort of feeds into your life in, in, in many ways uh, because when we're talking about the area of, of stewardship in, in particular, it's, yes, money money is a big part of it, but I guess everything falls into that category. You know, the way we look after our bodies, our, our health, the way we look after the environment, the the way that we nurture the relationships we, we share with other people, it's it's all to do with what we've been given in life. And that, mm. that necessarily doesn't mean that whatever that is is material, like money. But what it does mean, and particularly in the faith context, is that because I have that belief in, in God and that love for God, I want to make the most out of my life that I can. And that also means making the most of, of what I have, be it money, relationships, or, or anything that that I'm blessed with, that, that I possess, if I can use that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that you, I, I heard you, you know, use phrases like, um, you know, what we've been given or what we've been blessed with. And, and it seems that this is a really important sort of undergirding principle, like uh, underneath the word stewardship. It's more than just wise management of, of what you have. The idea of stewardship is saying you, uh, actually don't own, like you and I you know we, we don't own anything that we have yeah. everything that we have has been you know given to us I guess from a, from a spiritual point of view yeah God has you know allowed us to be alive in the first place and has given us yeah. all our natural abilities you know we're born within a particular family in a particular country and then I yeah. guess there's even like taking the, the God sort of thing out of it there is the you know our genetics that we inherit from our parents the fact that we are, you know might be born in a relatively rich and safe country like Australia you know, so much of, of what we have is given to us. And that and that's a really sort of fundamental undergirding principle when, when it comes to the word stewardship, isn't it? Yeah, it, it does, because essentially what it's saying is what you have isn't necessarily yours. Yeah. And that's a difficult thing for some for some of us to stomach, because some of us might think to ourselves, well, hang on a second, you know, I... Uh, Monday to Friday, nine to five, I go to work, I work hard to earn what I have. Yeah. But when you really think about it, even just the ability to go to work, to pursue a passion in life, or even just to have life itself, it's it's all a gift. Like, mm. like I've been reflecting on that uh, quite a bit recently. When you think about it, none of us even had a say in whether to be alive or not, you know? Yeah. And that feeds into what you're saying, like, what family we end up being born into. Nobody came to us with a contract saying, uh, do you want to sign up for 
80 or whatever it is years of life on earth with this amount of stuff, would you be happy to, to have that? Um, <laughs> yeah. We were just sort of born into it and it, it was given to us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so once you come to that realization that that everything we have is essentially a gift and you know, we did nothing to earn it, hmm. what, what, are, what are the implications of that? Like what does that do in terms of changing our attitude or even our behavior when it comes to, you know, managing those things that, that we have been given? Yeah, well, that's, that's sort of like if you if you giving gifting you a, a vehicle, you know, or even just borrowing it to you for a while. Yeah, you you sort of look after that thing a whole lot more than say you bought one. And I guess even when we buy something new, you know, we we treasure it at the beginning. We think, oh, it's it's amazing. But as we use it over time, yeah, and then we buy into the belief that. This is more hours now, right? And so we don't treat as much care. But yeah, you have to constantly remind yourself that this thing that I have, this body that I have, this life that I have, uh, the people that I have in life, these these are all things that that were given to me that I, I didn't work work for. I'm in a situation at the moment where I'm actually uh, renting off, off a landlord, you know? Yeah. In my case, for example, the, the house that I'm in, this isn't my house. And... When you live in it, I've been living in it for about two and a half years now, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, been here for two and a half years. Yeah. And it, you feel like it becomes more your home the more time you spend in it. Hmm. But then you still remind yourself, hang on, I'm, I'm accountable to someone for the way I look after it. And yeah. I guess that that goes into any life. We, we take care of things more. We're more intentional about whatever we have when we, we're a bit more accountable to someone else for how we look after it. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and in your article, you, I guess you, you hint, well, I think you probably do more than hint at the fact that even, you know, this planet that, that we're on, you know, we can see in, in that sense, you know, we, we are tenants, not owners. The planet Earth has been given it as a gift to us and therefore it's, it's our, it's our duty to look after it. But I mean, is this just a, a sort of a, a hipster environmental greeny sort of message for you or do you actually legitimately see that message coming out of the Bible? Well, yeah, I, I believe that that message uh, come, comes out of the out of the Bible because the, the opening chapters of the Bible, when you when you open it up to the very first page, you encounter this verse where it it says that God created you know the heavens or, or the earth or everything that that we see, yeah. and that places on God the ownership of everything that is made and gives him. The right, the right to call it his, which means that it's it's not our right just to sort of trash the earth or, or yep. not take care of the environment. Yeah. Mm, okay. So God, God is a creator, and, and I guess we also have you know God literally saying to to you know those first humans to Adam and Eve, saying, "Hey, this is this is the planet. These are all the living things on it. I you know I give you and and this depends on which Bible translation you, you know you look at. Some say I give you dominion uh, over it." which is basically a lot of people have criticized that language saying, look, you know, the, the Judeo-Christian tradition says that, you know, we're to dominate the planet and we're in charge of it and we can exploit it as much as we want because that word dominion is used like, right there in the beginning of the Bible, as you say, in, in Genesis. Is that an accurate understanding of, of what dominion means? Like just, you know, I don't know if you know the Hebrew or whatever or, or, or just the, the wider context. 
Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Kent, because we can sort of sometimes uh, look at God as, well, some people may have this view of God that, that he pulls uh, the strings sort of thing, you know. And, yeah. and if we think of him as owning everything, there is a temptation to think he wants to control. But even just that, that verse that you mentioned there, the idea that he gives dominion, in other words, it's sort of showing that God is is sovereign uh, overall. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to give us things, which means that ultimately he still remains sovereign. But at the same time, what it does show about God's character too is that God is just so willing to delegate things to us as human beings that, that he has made. He has given that to us sort of like a, uh, a landlord to a tenant, but but he gives us the freedom to to use what he has given us and he encourages us to to make the most of the planet and the dominion that we have. So yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And and I guess uh, you, you know your article you know focuses on on a, a money and possessions aspect as well. How do you see that that principle of of stewardship and and that sense of you know God uh, being the owner and and us having the responsibility responsibility to manage what he's given us how does that work out practically uh, for you in in terms of you know your attitude and uh, towards money and possessions and what you actually do then well it sort of it sort of gives me a bit more of a humble perspective with my money first of all i realize that you know i'm not the richest person in the world <laughs> but you know i'm not uh, bill gates or some celebrity some celebrity in a mansion i'm not i'm not invincible but at the same time, I do realize that at the end of the day, I, I do have money. Maybe even the fact that I don't have a lot of it means that I have to be sort of more careful with how I use it. Mm. Because, yeah, like we were mentioning before, for some, it, the, the thought is, um, I wish I had more. But yeah. knowing that, that you have some, that's allows you to then go, well, how can I use what I am earning so that I can live the best life possible to the glory of God mm. rather than for myself? And it, it also means that, like one of the things, uh, just speaking practically here, Ken, one of the things yeah. that uh, we've done, my wife and I, is we've sort of sectioned off part of our finances and, and created this account called Splurge, right? Splurge, um, yep, yep. yeah. it's called Splurge. And right? that, that's, that, that's a Scott Pape um, barefoot investor thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think he probably does mention it somewhere in the book. We, our lives are really governed by things and, and we look around and we see stuff and we go, oh, I want that, I want that, and I want that. But what we've actually done is we've sectioned off like a percentage to go into splurge, which ends up being 100 bucks or you know whatever it is. Mm. And then we go, that's the amount of money for this fortnight that we use for like selfish purposes, you know, a movie date, a dress, um, something that I really, really want online. That's what that account is for. You you spend stuff out of that one for your own selfish gain. And then when you use that up, that's, that's it. If you've used it up for, for the fortnight or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which then, balances you out a bit more and allows you to focus on, uh, well, in the other accounts I pay off, you know, my responsibilities or whatever else it is I have to do. And you just, you organize your life more in that way. Because for me before that, it was like, I didn't know uh, what I could splurge on, if I could use that word again, what I could splurge on where, 
uh, I feel that now I'm, yeah, more more responsible actually in the way that I use my money. Yeah, sure. Do you think it's also, uh, you know, would be a good idea to to set aside a, another sort of account? I mean, you, you talked before about, you know, uh, living your life or, or spending your, your money to the glory of God, which is obviously a very sort of religious yeah. phrase and it'd be interesting for you to, for you to unpack that. But I wonder yeah. if some of it might not mean to set some money aside to be generous to others, to, you know, to give to charity, to think not just of yourself but to you know think of other needs that, that are out there exactly right kent and uh, that's what then leads you to you know reflect on well you know hang on my money is not just all about me at the end of the day there are other people it's so easy for me to forget this sometimes that aren't as fortunate as me and so you know evie and i we sort of uh, find ways that in which we can you know, benefit other people through some of the other accounts uh, that we use in in that pool of, of money that we have, and it, we we are able to then communicate better about it. You know, uh, we realize how much we make, we realize how much we can uh, give, and that way, it's it's not just all about us. And yeah. I think that sort of feeds into you know using what you have for honoring God in yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I, I, I really like what you're saying. I mean, uh, some people might be tempted to say, you know, to feel guilty, you know, any time they spent money on themselves or, you know, had a bit of a splurge, as you say. But I think we all recognize that there is a time in our lives for a little bit of extravagance, a, a little bit of luxury, a little bit of sort of spoiling yourself. But I, I really see the self-discipline in there that, that you're talking about that, yeah, it's important. It sort of, you know, makes me feel happy and and everything, but I'm going to limit it. I'm going to control it. And also to think it's not my only priority to make myself happy, but there are other people out there who, who need things as well. It's, it does really sort of speak to a, an underlying attitude. I think it's important. Now, um, just as we finish, because we've only got a couple of minutes now, March, believe it or not. In, in your article, you talk about the principle of fruitfulness. Can you just explain, um, this is a biblical concept, but how do you see this affecting our everyday lives? Well, with the idea of fruitfulness, it's, it's basically uh, talking about, it's taking that analogy of, you know, fruit that, that grows off a tree. Off a tree, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you sort of expect that an apple tree is going to give you apples or hmm. a peach tree is going to give you uh, peaches. Yeah, and speaking about our different everyday lives, you sort of place things in, in an area in your life where you for example, with the whole giving uh, to, to other people um, or mm. charities or, or just using it for, for God's work, you're, you see fruitfulness not necessarily financially, but you see the way in which it uplifts and benefits other people in their, in their lives. And there's this whole idea uh, as well in, in the Bible that we probably don't have time to, to get into, this mm. whole idea of setting aside a tenth of everything that we have and, and giving it, uh, to God mm. and then you sort of watch and see the way in which uh, God blesses you in your life even though giving him a, a tenth of what you have is may seem like a scary or uncertain thing you know and it seems like a lot yeah so the idea of being uh, fruitful basically means that you see the consequences of 
the way that you use your money, the way that you use your resources. You see how uh, when you give to God or when you give to other people, uh, you're able to see how it benefits uh, other people in their lives. Uh, sometimes when we, like we mentioned just before, when you give to others, you, you're sort of a bit scared because you think, oh my, I'm, I'm giving to someone else. Uh, but you always are, and you see how it brings joy to other people's lives. Mm. You live your life more in service uh, for other people. You don't think about just spending for yourself, and you're always fine at the end of the day. You don't end up on the on the street. Your God continues to to bless your life and look after you, and mm. it's it's really awesome stuff. Yeah, wow, that that is, and and look, it's a big challenge, I guess, for for a lot of us who you know. <laughs> We, we can tend to sort of keep our, our money sort of hugged fairly close to our chest and, and that need for generosity can uh, can be a real challenge, especially when we feel like we're struggling ourselves. But, hey, thanks so much, uh, Marche. I really appreciate, you know, what you've um, challenged us with, um, you know, in regards to money, possessions, and even, I guess, our time, you know, our planet, um, our family, you know, all the incredible blessings and, and resources we have. And it's yeah, just fantastic um, that you've challenged us today to think more carefully about how we use those. Thank you so much, Kent, and uh, thank you for having me on the podcast as well. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 